0: J.M. and the A.M. on this Friday morning. Haven't uh, spoken to uh, Malcolm homeline in a while. The weekly update now returns. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. And by the way, on a personal note, when I called Mr. homeline about the engagement Tuesday night of uh, Benjamin Siegel and Kayla Levinson, he reacted as if it was his own family, and I thank him for that. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to J.M. and the A.M.
1: Well, it is part of our family after all these years, and it's uh, very good news. And Malutav and you should have a lot of Nachas.
0: Amen. And now the. Tadarabai, I appreciate it. Uh, are you among the Jewish leaders requesting that Jews around North America fill the synagogues this upcoming Shabbat?
1: I think it's very important, and it's, uh, it's the message to the terrorists that they can't win if people stay away. From schools, from from institutions, schools, from any of our Jewish uh, centers, it would be a a huge mistake. It it gives it's exactly what the terrorists want to do. They want to intimidate. They want to disrupt Jewish life, and we show them that uh, that we will be more resilient and even stronger in our commitment. Uh, I I saw something that uh, one of uh, uh, my daughter sent me. uh, and I'm sure it's been circulated on the Internet, but it said, it was a sign that said Yom Hazikaron reminds us of the price we paid for the state. Yom HaShoah reminds us of the price we paid because we didn't have a state. Mm-hmm. And I think <sighs> if people remember that the one thing that connects them is the word "zachor," That's the, the word chosen to symbolize the Holocaust because we remember the price, we remember those who who paid the price, how they lived their lives, not just their deaths, but remember the lessons so that future generations don't
0: pay the price. So true. We pray that these messages actually have a profound effect on the Jewish community and every generation within the Jewish community. And I thought of you this week because, um, I mean, I'm sure you agree that the – the way that Rabbi Goldstein has presented himself and has represented uh, the Jewish world and the rabbinate, and frankly, I would say God, God as well, frankly, um, has been remarkable. And you and I have spoken so many times over the last many decades. How every time we open up our mouths, and you know, we do so. You more than I, obviously, but we do so in you know, in, in unusual forums sometimes. We pray that the right words come out. Don't don't you get the idea that that, that God is right there with him every single time he opens his mouth to speak?
1: I think it's, uh, he's absolutely been remarkable, and especially under the circumstances and what he did that day, um, remembering that he himself, uh, when we remember that he was shot himself, and yet he continued to speak and to be ma'chazek to strengthen his own community, uh, I think was a really remarkable uh, demonstration yesterday at the prayer breakfast. I think that you know we have to also show how Satov We remember all the people who came forward and the solidarity that was expressed in California, locally and around the world, to the to the people of Pando. And this is um, unfortunately the new numbers that have come out underscore the the significance in Canada. There was, a, this is the third year in a row where there's been a sharp increase, about almost 17%, and 20, 2,040 some incidents. And, and they blame social media. Uh, these are hate crimes, and the vast majority in every country are against Jews, including New York City, which came out with statistics and I think said 57%. Just from January to April of this year, 145 incidents, whereas in all of last year, 355, and more than half also against uh, against Jews. And I know the statistics uh, may not mean a lot. People don't have to remember them, but they have to get the picture to understand that they're not all the same. It's not all equal. Um, Germany, uh, there's been a 70% increase, and we saw this week neo-Nazis marching in makeshift uh, uniforms, in several cities, and the government's are there allowing it, m- marching with flags. Um, the Third Way group, which is uh, tied to neo-Nazi uh, uh, groups, in, in two different uh, cities that I know of, but we've seen these manifestations. But the numbers everywhere indicate a significant increase. Now, what's interesting, in France, for instance, there were, I think, over 400... 500 attacks against Jews, but there were 800 attacks against Christian churches. But the world is not looking at the, um, at what is happening there and right. don't have the kind of reaction. So it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. And this week we did some programs together with Sheikh Alisa of the Muslim world council, who's really been amazingly outspoken, courageous in his declarations and, and, uh, and his remarks and i know this is a long answer to what you said but to me this is and has been as you know for a long time the number one issue and it, it infects the security of every community it's a cancer that crosses borders people thought it was a european problem i kept saying it's the you it will be the model for what's going to happen to us both on a political level and on a security level and the 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 truth is that we see it and when the so called newspaper of record could do what they did in publishing the cartoon, and then a second cartoon, which many people found even more offensive, and then to say that it was what a mistaken judgment, and then you know a second excuse and a third excuse and saying well it wasn 't intended and then they finally decided that they 're going to no longer take um, what you call syndicated cartoons. But there's enough story that got hardly any coverage, two things. One, where they said that Jesus was a Palestinian, and now yesterday apologized for that, saying, well, they they acknowledged that uh, in the area that was later to be called Palestine, and that he was a Jew, born a Jew. But the cartoonist who drew that horrific uh, cartoon of the president with Yamaka and Bibi leading him as as a dog, you know, he was interviewed. And he justified it. He said it's the Jewish propaganda machine that is uh, responsible for the condemnations. He, he publishes in the in a Lisbon paper, L'Express, and no apology, quite the opposite, doubles down and shows that, in fact, he is, is anti-Semitic and, and, and a bigot. And he said it was a, a policy critique, which obviously... Uh, it wasn't, and the newspaper itself apologized to those who were offended for it, but defend him at the same time as they tried to, to justify it. But the fact that the New York Times has taken such a restrained response to, uh, chosen to take a, a restrained response, and to go through all of the stages they went through, it tells you that they're, that they're not willing to face up to the seriousness of the moment. And uh, while the leverage may be limited, people do have options in terms of the media they read and this, and support. And advertisers have choices as
0: well. Yeah, someone—it's funny. Someone said to me yesterday, a real estate agent in New York, that he's going to try to pull his listings out of the New York Times. Now I don't know if that's a a big deal or not. I guess it depends on the size of the real estate firm, frankly. But, everything counts. But everything counts, Everything right? sends
1: a message. And they have a, a stock answer because they did get a lot of calls from people. And and this time, it, it's interesting that it's not coming from the, what we would call, it, let's say, the activist community uh, or traditionally the, the segments that would respond. This is mm-hmm. something that I think offended across the board. I know non-Jews who are equally offended by it. I mean, it's such a blatant violation of any standard. And how could they you know, not immediately recognize it, not first when they put it in, but second of all, then to say, well, it was mistaken judgment and step-by-step, and step step, you know, started to increase their, as the reaction increased, uh, their reaction to it. But it shows that there's a fundamental problem, and, and it's true in much of the media and the statistics that we I cited about the um, increases in, you know, 65% in France and 70% Germany, but the United States, and and a sharp increase. So we, we you know, this coming you show on Yom HaShoah, the week of uh, the attack in California, and and all of these other incidents, and so many of the incidents don't go reported, let alone what we're seeing on our campuses today. The the number of incidents that that are uh, horrific right. just i mean it, people you can 't tell people everything because they don 't believe it and
0: then right. they accuse it, me of being you know uh, negative there 's a lot to a lot to digest here the on the new york times thing i mean on, on the assumption that they 're hiding behind you know the the freedom of speech uh, um, uh, issue um we we have to we have to you, you know ask ourselves and ask others what would happen if a different ethnic group or religion was the subject, or people, or state, or country, was the was the subject of that type of cartoon? Um, uh, heads would roll, as the expression goes, at the New York Times, at the minimum, and they'd be groveling at the feet of different leaders of specific ethnic groups to make sure uh, they apologize to the nth degree. And we saw none of that not even not even a slight indication that they had that type of regret i can't stand when i see if we offended someone you know we apologize yeah. type of thing it's ridiculous
1: the conditional apology yeah. and, and uh, you know it sort of shifts the onus to the people saying well you're very sensitive but right. if you're so sensitive okay so we apologize uh.
0: And, and then when there's direct comparisons, I mean, if I was a if I was a journalist at the New York Times, I'd be very familiar with what enemies of the Jews and enemies of the State of Israel have portrayed in cartoons over the last few decades, including during World War II. You know, which was uh, certainly the most obvious ones. And it's it, 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 it's it's a whole it's a whole segment of Jewish history. These cartoons. You go to museums and you know museums that that have exhibits on anti Semitism, and these are front and center. But nobody at the Times seems to know that
1: this is something could have been in De Sturmer and and uh, some of the others cartoons that have appeared which do not get the the response that they should have and while we criticize and we might write and we react to it people don't generally join in it and i, I think there's a heightened sense of of uh, insecurity right now and of concern about what is happening which is more than legitimate and and more than necessary we have to let it be known and we started a campaign yesterday together with muslims and others not to say uh, that uh, oh, we must stop no it stops now no more excuses no more saying oh we must work at it and we got no it's got to be an absolute condition no excuses you stand with Farrakhan, you're condemned when you 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 and aid abet you, you uh, either those who carry out the attacks or those who support those who carry out attacks There has to be an absolute standard. I think uh, Facebook dropped, um, um, what's his name, Farrakhan, uh, this week. But the fact is that he's been spewing this hatred for so long, and the social media network is an additional element that was not true 80 years ago that fuels this and enables even a small group or individuals to to incite and to engage in the kind of of uh, uh, rhetorical expression or any kind of other depiction, making charges that that lead young people to the kind of attacks that we have seen. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's another thing we have to point out, the difference between 80 years ago, and this is in light of Yom on We emphasized this yesterday during the show. We have to, and Rabbi Goldstein did, of course, and so many others constantly do. We have to acknowledge that so much of what the Jewish people have endured at the hands of the enemies over the uh, over the period of this long diaspora uh, was sanctioned by police forces and governments, etc. And and we are lucky enough, thank God, to be in a country even with all the incidents that you pointed out and the and the tone that unfortunately is you know in many different places. We're in a place right now where, thank God, not just NYPD but police forces in remote areas that barely have Jews are ready to go in, as we saw in Pittsburgh and obviously San Diego, are ready to go in and, and protect Jews and do what's necessary to protect our houses of worship and our freedom of religion, etc., and that cannot be overlooked. The other thing I must point out, and believe me, these statistics are alarming – and I'm sure there are, even though we are begging people to go to shul tomorrow, I know there's some people who obviously, you know, are going to be sitting in shul, you know, wondering, you know, w- w- what happens, God forbid, if, uh, if something occurs there. And everyone's thinking of plans and strategy. And believe me, you, you more than anybody has been urging people for years to do that, to make sure to be as prepared as possible. Uh, but there's one other thing that, that on top of these episodes that's so disturbing this week. When you see what's going on at NYU, and you see the votes taking place to eliminate, you know, the, over overseas study in Israel. And you see what's happening at, on college campuses that are dominated in so many cases by Jewish students, by Jewish donors, by Jewish heritage in their institutions. And that they forget about some of the remote, you know, campuses across the country. But the ones, you know, really associated with the Jewish people are taking steps both on a student level and an official level against Israel and essentially against the Jewish people. That is that is it's mind-boggling to me frankly
1: that situation which is you know we've been monitoring and uh, been working on for years and we created scan the secure community network and every Jewish institution should be in touch with them Uh, go to scnus.org and look up scan the secure community network where they do training they will help uh, but we're also going on to the campuses and doing much more. But it's not only NYU and Columbia, so here are New York City-based yeah. universities, let alone Brooklyn, let alone other places, colleges, where it's become a hostile atmosphere. And we have cases, which I won't detail today, but some... A a horrific where a student is told you cannot take this course because the other students do not feel safe having a Zionist in the class. And the university backs it. That's at NYU. And we did a, a meeting of the conference presidents at NYU to show support. But we heard from the students. And I will tell you that a lot of our presidents walked out of there with their head spinning for the first time, hearing firsthand accounts of what goes on and, and, and the fear of walking with the yarmulke across the quadrant and of any other display of the Jewish display among the or something, can subject somebody to violence, harassment. And, uh, and, and it's becoming more and more sophisticated. You know that they exposed the anti-Eurovision, which Israel is hosting this year, campaign, the BDS campaign, is using bots, which are robotic responses in in using the Internet, which the Russians had developed some time ago. I mean, it's a much more sophisticated and uh, often more dangerous um, approach. And you can close uh, 100 websites, and 1,000 will pop up. So it's a a -a whack-a-mole situation, and the the, uh, universities have to take... Uh, responsibility, and that's why we're doing the lawsuits, and we're doing uh, through lawfare and of each of every all of our elements, all of our our, our efforts and energy that we can put to, to to this, because it is it is training the next generation of Americans to be to be haters. And again, overall, they reject the American people reject anti-Semitism. Overall, young people will reject anti-Semitism, but when you see the significant numbers and the. It be, they start to become inured to it it becomes uh, uh, almost acceptable yeah and they and whether it's under the guise of the be, uh, boycott divestment sanctions, you know attacking Israel is a kosher way of attacking Jews
0: right. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world and the web dot com on the Nacolm network and on the beloved NsN app and I thank those who have already who have donated to our 2019 fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org to be one of our donors, fjbunity.org. But what's so frustrating, and I don't know if the presidents who sat with you at NYU understand the, the extent of this, what is so frustrating is that so many of the efforts that you just described on these campuses are being led by Jewish students, are being led by, by students who come from Jewish homes and it 's bad enough when, when the enemy when the enemy is making sure to uh, you know, to support and to lead these causes, but when it 's members of our own community it's just it is so, so much more frustrating frankly and
1: more more dangerous yeah. and um, uh, I think it 's a, a reflection of some of the needs of the community to reassess both our educational systems and the fact that the majority. The majority of Jewish youth are just not involved, and the majority of young people overall are not involved. They don't care, but that also leaves the way for those who are very committed to these issues, who have been brainwashed, who have been misinformed, who have been propagandized, who follow a leftist professor. And by the way, we see Jewish faculty and pro-Israel faculty, a Jamaican-born professor at the DePaul University, um, Jonathan Hill, who, who wrote an up? is he's a philosophy professor, reg- highly regarded, who wrote an op-ed piece that was pro-Israel, is now being hounded and and uh, harassed, and they're demanding his removal, etc. We had the president of uh, Fitzer, who stood against the attempt to break their program uh, ties to the University of Haifa. Um, they're demanding his, his resignation and, and or expulsion. Now, again, it's a minority, but the minority, it gets to be dominant when there isn't a majority speaking out. So, our young people, first and foremost within the community, they have to be educated. They have to understand what this is about. That you know, they can criticize the policy of Israel, but this is this is not what this is about. And they're easily manipulated or intimidated because they don't feel that they don't have the information, they don't have the confidence to respond uh, to these false charges, and often become full victim to it. in groups. Like uh, students for Justice in Palestine, etc., cannot be allowed to function. They are anti-Semitic. They are hostile. They are not a crit- criticizing a policy of Israel. They are engaged in something far more, uh, uh, more malignant and and malign. And I think we have to uh, make universities stand up and take notice. That's why the San Francisco State University uh, capitulation and and um, uh, you know giving in and finally on the And acknowledging the mistakes that were made in the mistreatment of Jewish students is so vital and and we can 't replicate on every campus, but every campus can see that they will be subject to the same kind of action if they tolerate and and don't take the proper steps to protect the rights of pro Israel pro-Israel and Jewish students.
0: And one other thing, by the way, as the New York Times continues to contemplate whether the President of the United States is a white supremacist or, you know, or an absurd lover of Israel, you know, because they can't make up their mind, frankly, uh, it, we have to acknowledge, especially in light of yesterday, Yama Showan, think about, you know, uh, Jewish leadership in, in other countries uh, during Jewish history. We have to acknowledge the comfort with which he makes our community feel at the White House and the things he's done uh, his relationship with the leaders of Israel, etc. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people are uncomfortable with certain things he does, but you can't deny uh, what he has stood for when it comes to being there for Israel and for the Jewish community. I think that has to be acknowledged as well.
1: It, it absolutely, uh, you know, it is not a question of a political endorsement. It's not a question of agreeing with him on everything, but when you look at the the, uh, accumulated record of what they did on on Jerusalem, on the Golan, on on the military assistance, on so many issues where the appointment of the anti-Semitic, anti-Semitism monitor, the special envoy, both domestic and the international, every area you you look where they have taken a strong stand, and including about anti-Semitism, it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, and you don't have to vote for them, but you do have to have to hakarat tov to some acknowledgment of the things that that are good. In the same way that you have a right to criticize, you have an obligation when good things happen to say thank you and to to show hakarat to the American people, to Congress, both Republicans and Democrats, who still continue to stand. And when you you have uh, Democratic candidates for the President who refuse to take a stand on a lot of the issues and to be clear in their condemnations and criticism it 's easy for them to say that the attack in California you know to say something uh, critical of it, but even there it 's qualified and and not the kind of response that is really appropriate to the to what is happening
0: What do you think of Elon Omar and uh, her response to the uh, California shooting expressing the sympathy that she has for the for the victims, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and uh, sometimes, I, sometimes I think it's better for some of these, um, some of these members of government and politicians to keep quiet on certain issues than make themselves look foolish by coming out with statements that are completely anti, uh, completely uh, the opposite of the way they normally present themselves. Frankly,
1: first of all, the the the, the people who uh, I don't mention names, her name because I don't want to build her, right. them up, I, but you do have to name and shame and identify. Again, remembering that they are a small minority even amongst the freshman class, and uh, but but the media is magnifying their influence and giving them a platform, even when so often their comments are inane, and um, you know that they, Islamophobia is an anti-Islam stands and crimes are bad. But there is a small percentage of the total number of hate crimes. Not everything is equal. All hate is unacceptable. Anytime a person is a victim, it's not acceptable. And we speak out, and if you saw the latest polls, it shows that Jews are the least Islamophobic group in America, and Muslims tend to be um, uh, have much less than negative views of uh, 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 other groups, uh, I think 45 percent of Muslim American groups said that they had favorable views of Jews, and 10 percent negative. Again, that's what a poll, and people know what to say to a poll. But right. you know, the the people like her are are driving wedges in society and are exploiting issues for their own political purposes. But and she appears together with groups that are blatantly anti-Semitic. Uh, It's the other members of Congress and the Democratic Party who, first and foremost, have a responsibility to stand up and speak up about it. And too often, those the voices of our good friends are muted.
0: Yeah, No question about it. Um, How's the new prime minister of Israel doing? I hear there was an election recently in Israel and that the new Knesset has been sworn in. <laughs> yes, they have sworn at
1: the new Knesset. I mean, sworn in the new Knesset. <laughs> and Yuli Edelstein was elected for the third time uh, unanimously as the speaker, which I think is a remarkable tribute to him. You know, he was an Asir one of the prisoners of Zion, right. uh, fought uh, in the battle together with Cherensky and people in the uh, long time ago, and uh, he's been a close friend for, for decades. Uh, so I think it's a remarkable uh, expression, the fact that some members stood away because they don't pledge allegiance to the state. Uh, unfortunately, the government's not formed yet and may be a little while longer. And, you know, it's because of the close margin. It gives some small parties a lot of leverage.
0: So can I call BB the new prime I mean, seriously. Just he is look. the new prime minister. Oh, so he
1: is officially well, the prime minister. he was given the nod and he is officially the prime minister. As the Knesset goes into session, he is... The the prime minister, and
0: now it's just a matter of getting the numbers straight. Now he needs
1: to put the government together, which means a coalition of sixty-one plus in order to get things through the Knesset. I mean, he can have minority government uh, also, but it's it's not effective. And the the um, if he's he he said that he may not meet the deadline to get an extension, but if you don't uh, get a government by the second extension, then. The opposition gets an opportunity. If they can't, then they go to new elections. Oh gosh, which nobody has a stomach for. Nobody wants. He should be able. I'm confident that they will get a government together. (laughs) There will be a lot of shifting of portfolios. So people you're used to talking about as ministers will not be in the same
0: positions. Interesting. I mean, shockers or you know things that have already been negotiated. Surprising, I think, to people. Really. Mm. That's interesting. What do you think of the effort to uh, name a town up in the Golan Heights after President Trump?
1: I, I don't know that that's his uh, prime location, when, where they maybe wants to have a hotel and a resort there or something. But, but the uh, I think the, the gesture of recognition, you know, we still have many towns named for, for Roman officials, for others uh, over the years um, – uh, People don't know that Netanyahu was named for Nathan Strauss, right. who was an American philanthropist. So right. I think the president, what he did on the Golan, the recognition and stuff, maybe it's certainly a, a nice gesture to of recognition.
0: Certainly would be. All right, anything new? Remember, we haven't spoken in three weeks. Anything new about the Middle East peace plan coming out of Washington or basically the same as we knew three weeks ago? Well, we didn't know what it was three weeks ago. We still don't know today. But there were certain but there were certain elements that that came closer to the
1: time when it will come out. But But there were
0: certain elements that came out that there was no demand for policy.
1: It's not true, and people should not. Just buy into some of the rumors, oh. you know the Jordanian option, this option, that option. Jordan is in plenty of trouble. They don't need this right now. There were the yesterday they dismissed many key members of the government, including the head of intelligence, which is always a very critical position. And the the because of a supposed plot uh, of some kind against the king, uh, and we've seen the demonstrations again. So he doesn't need it. The answer is that very few people know what's in it. We've seen very few hints. One, that it's not likely to talk about a two-state solution. It's not talk- It's going to be more steps, economic uh, uh, program for building. Uh, supposedly the Saudis offered the Palestinians $10 billion if they go along and support it. The Palestinians are saying we're not going to have anything to do with it um, and rejecting something that they don't even know yet, w- w- the details. I'm sure they know some because they know the discussions that they've had but the the um, so this is likely to be a proposal to put on the table. Tell the parties, and the only way to succeed is if the parties themselves come to to an agreement on it. They say there will be things Israel won't like. There will be a lot that Israel will like, and the same thing for the other side. That's what a negotiation is about. If you have one hundred percent of what you want, and the other side has nothing, that's not a negotiation. It's an imposition uh, of a plan, and. You know, given the uh, instability in the region and the what we've seen now on the Golan, the increased efforts of Iran and Hezbollah, together with some of the Syrians, uh, to to establish themselves to build. Um, Intelligence and data collection, as well as to try to move in the equipment and the infrastructure necessary for uh, the war in the north that they still contemplate and they still aspire to. Uh, They know right now they want to bide their time because they're going to do it when they feel it's in in their best interest. There are Shiite militias to the north and east of of Damascus um, that have fired on on Israel and, and pose a threat. And the uh, the people of of southern Syria want to see want to see a solution. So do the people, most people in Lebanon, do not want to have a a war because they pay a heavy price for it. At the same time, they have missiles in their in their bedrooms, um, and the uh, the, and the um, the Syrian government is um, kept its promise not to harm the rebels and uh, even those who sought aid from uh, from Israel. But at the same time, we've seen the tolerance of uh, an Iranian command center in Syria, uh, the buildup of facilities and manufacturing facilities within Lebanon, uh, and they, they still want Hezbollah as the vanguard. You know, you won't see Iranian troops, per se, but Iranian middle-backed militias, often foreigners, that, where they have moved the Shia population to replace Sunni populations. Uh, they they are not giving up on the desire to be able to have some sort of a dramatic action against Israel, not to win a war but to, to cause damage, to, to be able to show that they can carry out these kind of uh, uh, maybe a land invasion, some sort of an attack, especially after the tunnels are no longer uh, a viable option. As Israel has exposed them,
0: I'm sure you spend some time over Pesach discussing the downfall of the Iranian economy, and I know that the bulk of that is because of the uh, uh, of the drop in uh, oil exports. Why, why is it that that China does not participate in these sanctions and continues to buy oil from Iran? Is it the price?
1: It, it, well, first of all, China doesn't abide by anything. It, go, it does whatever is in its interests, and it gets more than half of its oil from Iran. They continue to buy it, although decreasing. There's about a billion dollars' worth of Iranian oil sitting in a place called Dayan. It's a port in, in China, and uh, they, their, their um, refineries, et cetera, don't have the capacity to, to refine the fuel. Um, it was put there by the Iranians for a safe haven and thinking that, they would be able to to sell it later. That the sanctions. The fact is that even Chinese companies have to think about twice about doing business and and importing the oil uh, because they know that the sanctions uh, from the United States will be very costly for them. There were seven or eight countries that were given passes. You know were allowed to buy uh, when the sanctions were given, sort of an emergency waiver. Uh, Greece, Taiwan. Uh, forgot the third country that uh, unilaterally moved to cut off down to zero other countries are moving to zero mm-hmm. turkey won't china won't russia won't but they can't use uh, this oil and uae and saudi arabia have said that they would increase uh, production to uh, to compensate the power of the sanctions is clear and even the iranians are saying the europeans promises are worthless they're useless in this they're bypassing it looking to to Russia uh the the um, impact in the economy is amazing the real continues to drop the IMF said the international monetary fund said this uh, week that the inflation will be 50 60% the the drop in the currency value about 60% that the um uh, barrels they, they a year ago it was two and a half. uh a million barrels per day, and now it's down to less than a million barrels and dropping every day. Wow! And this is the core of their economy, and the people are willing to take this on, you know, even though their, their holdings, their savings, everything has been so greatly devalued, because they want to see these guys, this regime, out.
0: Unbelievable. All right, two quick things, because I want to wrap up. First of all, the um, I, I heard a Torah giant say this yesterday, and I, I hope people... Listen carefully, Thursday is Yamatsmu, and no matter how one does or does not celebrate there's nothing wrong even during Svirata Omer in his opinion, to acknowledge that there is some type of holiday and great day on the Jewish calendar, in this case being the seventy uh, first uh, anniversary of the State of Israel. So I hope people at, at at the minimum at least approach the day from a positive standpoint. We talk about. You know, things happening from within and and attitudes of the Jewish community from within. Let, let's make sure to at least acknowledge how great the day is this coming Thursday. And, and lastly, Malcolm, I, I, I think you really alluded to it, maybe even more than alluded during this conversation. But I think it's so important to point that, especially in light of the reaction uh, that, um, you know, that Americans of all backgrounds had to what happened in North San Diego. And that is we don't realize, you know this because you're on the front line of it, uh people don't realize how much bridge building is really going on out there and that yeah there are you know certain ethnic groups that that tend to be represented more than others unfortunately when it comes to terror and and you know being the bad guys we understand that but at the at the at the minimum we have to acknowledge that the majority of people that you're meeting with especially leaders of other faiths and religions have no other interest other than having real bridge building with the Jewish community and other faiths
1: I think that that is true. It is not enough. And, and there's still too many who are indifferent or who, you know, um, respond uh, on the moment, but then the, the 10 minutes later do not react properly, when whether it comes from within their own groups or from other groups, that we see the, the manifestations of hatred uh, across the board. We saw the price in Europe that has been paid, is being paid. The same things are happening here in terms of political centers, so people... Uh, you know, we have to fight the polarization. We don't want to see Israel become a partisan issue. We don't want to see anti-Semitism be a partisan issue. It has to be everybody, and everybody has to be held to account. And If your elected official isn't doing the right thing, hold them to account, local, federal, everybody. Um, and and it's true in the international community as well, but it's not something people can necessarily feel that they can impact directly, although business people do business abroad can and should make their voices heard as well. No question. And, and the, you, you are right that this is a unique moment. Uh, it's not 1938 because we have a Jewish state and a Jewish army and a Jewish air force. Think of what the world would be like, God forbid, if we did not have Israel <sighs> at a time like this. And if people don't show that hakarat whether they... Say halal or don't say halal with a brach, without a brach. That becomes the debate. That's not the issue. Show HaKarash Baruch that we have a Jewish state, that we have. I mean, if you just look at the amazing discoveries of the last few weeks in Israel, every single thing, every single one, consistent with Tanakh, unlocking our past to remind us of our responsibilities to the future. This is a time people sit and talk to your kids, explain to them what is happening and, and first, educate yourselves about it, so that that we put, raise a generation, and and they they will feel confident in standing up for Israel.
0: Malcolm, I thank you. We'll speak again next week. Happy Yom HaAtzmut. And too. <laughs> thank you very much, and a wonderful Shabbos. Friday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M.